Welcome to the Tomahawk Show, presented by Uninterrupted. I am your humble, humble co-host, Joe Thomas. With me, as always, Andrew Hawkins, and of course, NFD, bringing up the rear. It is officially NFL season. First game of the week was last night, and what a great game that was. Unbelievable. Lots of yeah. defense, lots of flags. Sloppy, as we'd expect. But, uh, hey, man, don't forget... This is the Tomahawk Show. You can follow us on social media at Tomahawk Show. Be sure to use the hashtag, hashtag Tomahawk whenever you're hitting us up on social media. We've got a new t-shirt by GV Artwork to celebrate the beginning yes. of our reboot, boot reboot here at the Tomahawk Show. And of course, as always, go to DraftKings. Join our fantasy league. Don't forget the code HIKE, H-I-K-E, today. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We'll see if we can get it all in. As always, the NFL is back, and we're talking Eagles-Falcons, but that's not going to happen right away. Oh, no, no, no. We're talking Khalil Mack trade, Aaron Donald's new deal, and what is going on in Pittsburgh with that crazy Le'Veon Bell situation. As I think we start there. Hottest takes coming up here. I think well, we actually, start with Le'Veon. Can we start with that loud crunch we just heard, Hawk? What are you eating? I'm eating Sour Patch Kids. Uh, well, I'm just so going to sit here and not snack. As always, Hawk is feeding his body the right way, treating it like <laughs> a He probably just got finished with a six-mile jog on the beach. Now he's going right to the Sour Patch Kids. Well, what happened is, so for people listening, we have also Lance Moore, friend of the show, former New Orleans Saint wide receiver. Actually, he's going into the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame this year. So we have a Hall of Fame Saints player. We have a Hall of Fame Browns player and a Hall of Fame Patriots player all in the same episode, which is crazy. (laughs) But he came to my house and he brought me Sour Patch Kids for my kids. Not for me. He bought it for my kids. And I took the candy myself and I'm three quarters of the way through in the bag. So whatever. Well, you got to celebrate the first week of the NFL season somehow. And I guess you boys would celebrate with uh, Sour Patch Kids. Me, I did an all-day fast. I didn't eat anything all day. I drank water and sat outside in the sunshine with those hippies out in California. And I feel great right now, let me tell you. But anyways, hey, let's get right into it. We We got a big opening question I think we should open today's show with. And that is, Hawk, what is your Sunday routine for watching games? Now, you've been out of the league for ever so you probably okay. got this routine down pat by now do you sit on the couch all day eating sour patch kids or maybe doritos no well i actually watch every single nfl game because i have to so i do the espn radio show operation football every sunday one to five eastern shameless plug but i have to literally we're in a studio with a bunch of tvs every single game is on so i literally watch every single game last season i seen every single NFL game for the first time in my life. So I have way too much football knowledge. I know way too much about teams that I do not really care to know about. But it is a cool way to watch the games and get to be a fan again. You How about you? What do you do on Sundays, Joe? No, no, no. Wait, wait, even- whoa, 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 whoa. What's your snack? You just keep avoiding the real question. What is your snack when you're watching all those games? Game day snack. I always drink a Mountain Dew. That's number mm-hmm. one. Probably multiple Mountain Dews. I always eat pizza. <laughs> That's always my meal. That Do you day. have a go-to brand of pizza? Are you like uh, Papa John's or Pizza Hut? Or what do you usually go to or whatever is available? It changes. So sometimes I'm like big into Jets pizza. Oh, Jets and then oh, I'm man. into Marco's. There's actually Marco's here on the West Coast. So I still get a Marco's fix. I used to have that in college. Lance will tell you about that. But so I'm like really deep on Marco's. Yeah. And then I, there's, there's Blaze Pizza, 
which is owned by LeBron James. I don't know if you've heard of him. Mm -hmm. And then there's always Mission Barbecue, which is also my favorite pizza. Oh, yeah, that's good pizza. You you also (laughs) think that uh, hamburgers are barbecue, so we're not taking (laughs) your advice at all. But, uh, well, anyways, hey, Lance, what is your game day ritual watching football? Uh, Well, now, I mean, obviously, I'm not playing like you guys. So I have a pretty nice setup in my house where there is a, uh, it's called a chair and a half. Um, Another shameless plug, Restoration Hardware, shout out. Um, And this, in this chair and a half, I have access to two TVs in two separate rooms. And I get to watch two games at a time. But with DirecTV, obviously, you have the Sunday ticket. So you've got access to all the games that are on the entire time. So I'm literally like Hawk, even though I'm not getting paid for it. I'm watching every single game, every single Sunday. Um, you know, I'm not a sour patch and pizza guy during the game usually, but I'm kind of like Hawk where I just kind of eat what I want and don't really think twice about it. Mm. I don't have a ritualistic snack or drink. Um, mm. I just eat whatever's there. Mm. Now, Lance, Lance, what is that transition like to go from being a player? I mean, you played in over a hundred games to go in and sit and watch it on your couch. That's what Joe's going to be going to this year. What is he in store for? Uh, he's going to be probably more excited now than he ever was as a player. <laughs> Just knowing that he's not going to get hit, he's not going to get hurt, um, and he's going to kind of do what he wants to do. If he wants to tune a game out or not watch a game, he can not watch the game. If he wants to flip a channel and watch somebody else, because as a player, you don't get a chance to watch all these games. So, like, if you're a football fan, which I'm sure – you know, Joe, one of the greatest of all time, is probably still a little bit of a football fan. Uh, but he's in the the new, the beginning part of his um, next journey. So extra free time means kind of doing what you want. I mean, I think that was, for me, like the best part about it, just kind of doing what I want. But at the same time, there is a little bit of an awkward period that first year out. These first couple of weeks will probably feel a little bit awkward. But after that, you're going to be like, this is great. I love it. I love every second of it. Mm-hmm. Mine was like that from the start. <laughs> Yeah. Like literally from the day I decided I was never coming back, I was like, man, finally, I've arrived. You were different. This is incredible. I've been missing this for so long. Dude, what I'm going to be extra excited about my Sundays now. Yes. Because I'm going to be playing in the Tomahawk DraftKings League. I've never played fantasy a day in my life, but people all around me, my friends, my family, everybody's all wrapped up into this fantasy stuff. People are crazy about it. So I'm really excited about diving in and being all in with that fantasy because I feel like that's going to make me really care about every NFL game. And I actually just put in my fantasy lineup, I guess. That's what they call it. Uh, Last night, I put it all in. I'm really excited already to watch those guys. I got those games highlighted on my schedule. And uh, I will tell you, the way I'm going to watch these games, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Like Lance, I got a big old couch. I put two TVs on the wall. I got direct TV. I got the NFL ticket and I got the regular cable so I can watch all the games that I want. Whatever two games I want, I can put them up there and I'll be able to watch football all Sunday until my wife tells me I have to go do something, get off the couch, which will be like five minutes into the first game. And then I'm probably not going to get to watch any football on Sunday. <laughs> football is canceled for the year. No, I That's mean, right. look. You're going to fantasy is going to be fun for all of us. And we're going to plug it right now, actually. So if you're listening, we're doing a fantasy league. You can sign up. What we're going to do is at least for the first week, we're going to we're going to limit the numbers this week and we'll grow it as the demand rises as well. But for the winner, whoever has the highest point total in the league, we're going to give you seventy three dollars and 16 cents, which is a special (laughs) tomahawk number. 
And for Which whoever has actually the closest point total to 73.16 will also get $73.16. So you can either strive to be the best or you can strive to be really mediocre and you can still be a winner in the Tomahawk DraftKings League. When you sign up, put in the code H-I-K-E, hike, so you know that we sent you. Um, let's get into some of the preview stuff. We'll start with the, the Brown Steelers game, which the headline here is, and I want to get your take on this. You got Steelers players who are throwing Le'Veon Bell under the bus for not showing up. And this is kind of unprecedented because I feel like traditionally players back other players who are getting paid. Now, I know in the locker room we've been in, Joe, we won't say any names, but there's been some guys who have gotten over and, and worked the system for the money. And we were like, hats off to you, round of applause, sir, you won. The Steelers players aren't quite singing that tune. And you had some old linemen, surprise, who came out and started talking a little crap on Le'Veon Bell. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Joe? So my thoughts on this is, one, these linemen have seen this song and dance before, and I think they fully expected that Le'Veon was going to do his holdout. He was going to extract as much leverage as possible, try to save his body in the preseason, but he was still going to show up when it came time to start playing and the real games and the real game checks started getting filled out. He was going to be there. He was going to collect his 16 checks. And at the end of this season, he was going to either try to work out a long-term deal with the Steelers or he was going to go to free agency somewhere else. I think everyone kind of fully expected that was the path they were going down. And uh, when that didn't happen, I think that caught a lot of those players by surprise. And then all of a sudden now their reaction is, whoa, 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 we're counting on you to be here. It's not like they're paying you nothing. They're not paying you Andrew Hawkins money to go out there and beat your body. I mean, a franchise tag right now for the running back second time is like 15 million bucks or something like that. So maybe it's not what he thinks it's worth, but it's not like he's getting pennies. And so I think the, the one of one part of it is they think he was caught off guard or they were caught off guard by his reaction to the situation by not showing up week one, which they all expected to. But I think the second part of it is that, for the most part, like you said, players are always backing players, right? We understand how small the window is. We understand how bad our bodies are when we walk out of this game and the toll it takes. And it's important to get paid when you can because you only get a lot of times one crack at it, right? So players are always defending other players. But in this case, I think it's rare because the players feel that Le'Veon maybe is being unreasonable in what he's asking for from the Steelers now nobody really knows what the contracts were back and forth but I think they see what the dollar value is right now on that franchise tag and they're assuming that that's probably roughly about what the per year offer has been based on reports and based on what everyone kind of is speculating about and they feel that being a running back a position that just isn't valued the way it used to be that he is just being unreasonable with his requests and that the Steelers are trying to get him a fair deal and he is not holding up his end of the bargain about negotiating in good faith to get a deal done to try to get in and be a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I, I agree. I, like, I'm, here's where I'm at with it with Le'Veon Bell. I am always, well, not always, 99 times out of 100, I'm going to back the player in their quest to max out their value, get as much money as humanly possible, and push it to the limit. With Le'Veon, my gripe is, you're a running back who's going to be, I think, 27 or is 27. Yeah, he's 27. He's 27. So 
I get if you were another position, if you were a quarterback and this riff was going on, it would never be that way because the owner always takes care of the quarterback. You never hear of a quarterback holding out. But That's the most important position. If it was a position that you could stretch past 30 at 27, or even if Le'Veon right now was 24 years old as opposed to 27, I would back it a little bit more. But my thing is like, yo, you're still making 14.5 on this year's deal in a year that you're going to lose the ability to make top dog. Like when a running back hits 30, they're not paying you past then. So your window is closing for you to make that kind of money, even if it's not the guaranteed money you want, even if it's not the long-term deal. If you sit out 10 games, you're still forfeiting $8 million of your earning potential and the clock is ticking down. And I would also warn him of this, that you might be setting yourself up for some unwritten collusion, which sounds crazy, but here's the thing. Teams aren't going to want to set this precedent. If he holds out 10 games, he has a great last six games and does really, really well, and then he's rewarded with a, a monster deal, I feel like that would not bode well for the team side or the organization side. And they all realize that, yo, we can't uh, reward this bad behavior because what, la- what makes you laugh now is going to make you cry later. Maybe it's my player in a year from now who's deciding not to show up at all, push the limit as much as he can every time because he'll be rewarded on the back end. So I just don't think teams are going to look at it that way and say, oh, okay, yeah, he held out, he did what he had to do, here's a bunch of money. I think they could possibly say, like, yo, how do we know that in a year or two when you realize you're headed towards 30 and, you know, you're losing your ability to hit another contract, you might not just say, I'm not going to show up until you pay me again. And then the team starts to suffer because technically you're under the contract. So I just think he might have pushed it a little bit too long. And if I was him, I would just show up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if uh, this holdout is going to really affect his ability to sign a free agent deal at the end of this season. But I just think that teams don't value running backs like that, man. I mean, I think if he got a $15 million a year deal on like a five-year deal right now, I think that'd be really good for him because, yeah, he is the premium running back in the NFL. He does catch the ball. He does a lot of things. But the, the position isn't just valued the way it used to be because the lifespan of those uh, backs is so short. And most teams think that they can get a guy like that in the draft that's almost as good as Le'Veon and then they don't have to pay him and he's younger and he's got less mileage on his on his wheels and I think the whole thing boils down to Le'Veon has overplayed his hand he feels like him and his agents feel he has more leverage than he does and he doesn't because like you said he's an old running back and they just don't get paid anymore like that that sucks though because it's still already too bad but no franchise tags he's still on his rookie deal technically and he's already considered an old running back hey so that's the way that perspective i kind of get it like yeah the Steelers kind of screwed you but i mean they didn't screw him it's just the it's just the situation he's in it's just the The cba screwed him we screwed him joe as leaders we screwed that kid no i tell you what hey stop I'll tell you who screwed him, right, was America, right? Because <laughs> they had too many moms and dads that were having really talented babies, and they were all making them running backs. And right, now you got running back wasn't guys that are really good at running backs. Really, yep, too you're many right. guys good at running Emmett backs. Emmett Smith screwed Le'Veon Bell. Because if That's there was three guys that were good at running back, they would get paid. But there's like 50 dudes that are really good at running back. And when you have more than 32 good at one thing – the value of that position drops. Watch. If there was 40 really good quarterbacks, they wouldn't be getting paid like they are now. But there's like 10 really good quarterbacks, so they get paid like gangbusters. Well, tell me this. Lance, you were in that locker room. Do you think when Le'Veon Bell walks in there 
when he decides to report, there's going to be beef between him and those teammates mm. who are talking all crazy in the media? <laughs> I mean, from from jump, it's going to be awkward. I, I'm not going to go as far as to say that it's going to be beef. I mean, those are the guys that are going to be blocking for him. So I, I think he'd be smart to not be, you know, kind of beefing with those guys. Mm -hmm. It will definitely be awkward. The communication is going to be different. Um, but I want to kind of throw you guys a curveball. And mm -hmm. and I, this is just like my it. opinion. This is just my opinion. I think Le'Veon would have reported by now had Todd Gurley not gotten paid. That's just that's just my opinion. I mean, I think, what did Todd get? $15, $16 million a year. I mean, yeah. when it came out, Le'Veon Bell tweeted about it. And, I mean, he's he's right. I mean, in in my opinion, Todd Gurley is a younger Le'Veon Bell. But mm -hmm. his body of work isn't anywhere near as great at this point as Le'Veon Bell's is. I mean, I think he got paid because he's a you know young, ascending player. He's doing no. well. But I just – I mean – Come yeah. on, Pittsburgh. Like, do the right thing by the guy. I, I'm with Le'Veon Bell. I think at this point he should report. I mean, there's, he's, there's not going to gain any more leverage unless they rescind the offer. Then he becomes a free agent. That's a whole different story. Pittsburgh's not stupid. They're not going to do that. James Conner, I think, is going to be a good player, but he is no Le'Veon Bell. That's, mm -hmm. that's Is, is this going to leave a stigma on the Steelers? Because everyone wants to no. get drafted to good teams, and the Steelers are a good team. They're a good organization. Historically, they always have been. But here you have one of the best running backs, if not – the best in your franchise's history statistically and like you said Todd Gurley did the work and he was rewarded with the contract a big contract a contract before, that was a bigger offer than what before he had the opportunity before he was up and here's exactly. Le'Veon Bell getting stretched and stretched and stretched and they're saying that's not how we do things our players then going to say well that's not how you do things I want to go to a place where that is how they do things and that thing is reward the people who are Balling on the field. But, but that but that is how they do things, though, because A.B. has been rewarded a couple of times while he was still under contract. Big Ben, obviously, has been rewarded a couple of times. A lot of those offensive linemen have been extended while under contract. Le'Veon Bell hit free agency with franchise tag, played under the tag, and got tagged again. You can tell me what you want. If he's worth that much to you, give the man what he wants. And he doesn't have to sign a five-year deal worth $100 million. You can sign him to a three-year deal. It's just going to have to be well worth it. It might have to be right. $60 million. But if he's a 27-year-old running back and you can get the most out of him for the next three years, give the man what he wants. I mean, they can afford to do it. They can figure out a way. Yeah. yeah well, Lance, I mean, Lance made a really good point, and uh, I don't want to gloss over that. Um, it's interesting in today's NFL, as a running back, it's better to have potential than it is to have already had a good career. Yep. Because you look at Le'Veon, right? And Todd Gurley, they're pretty similar as far as what they can do as a running back. But people are going to value Todd more because he's got potential to do great things than a guy like Le'Veon who's already done great things for four or five years. Yeah. Because at 27, 28, you're old for a running back. No. So really your sweet spot for a running back is like 23 to 26. Six, seven, right? That's wow. Like, it's amazing. It's so young. So, really, like doing good things as a running back is actually bad. It's actually <laughs> unrewarded. You get like, don't ball out. Don't, don't ball out. You're too good, man. No one's going to pay you. Way better to just be on the sidelines and look like a Lamborghini in a shop than to go out and like <laughs> yeah. turn the engine up. So that's maybe very that's true. Maybe it's not playing. Maybe running back should go to the NFL at a high school. <laughs> yeah. Good I, luck. <laughs> see how they fare up against Miles Garrett, Joe's oh. man crush. Well, from one guy who is chasing dollars to another guy who just got a bunch of money, can we talk about the Khalil Mack trade to the Bears 
And before we even get into it, I just want to hit you with a one-liner really quick. That was so stupid for the Raiders to have traded Mac to a different team. I don't give a damn what they gave you. That was the dumbest move I've seen in football in the last five years. I don't care what happens from this point on. It was stupid. I agree. That was It was dumb. You don't trade somebody at a premium position when you don't have anybody else to replace them with. And especially as a pass rusher, you don't trade the, a pass rusher away. You can put four or five of them on the field at one time. Even if you had two Hall of Fame defensive ends, look at what the Colts did when they had Freeney and Mathis all those years, right? So it's not like a quarterback where you're like, oh, shit, I got Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. What are we going to do with these two guys? You know, they're both going to be Hall of Famers. We got to get rid of one of them. No, with a pass rusher, you can always find a place for him <laughs> on the field. And a guy like Khalil Mack in the prime of his career plays the run, plays the pass, great person, great person on the team, in the community, a leader. He does everything. He checks all the boxes at a premium position on defense. And really, in my opinion, I think arrogance got the best of the staff in Oakland because they saw what happened with Aaron Donald and they knew that that contract was going to come in probably a little bit over that. And when you are sitting there negotiating, you sometimes I think these GMs and coaches, they think like we have to just toe a hard line and it doesn't matter. We have to win on principle, even if it's going to hurt our team. And I think that's what happened. They, they tried to take a principled approach and they ended up getting rid of probably their best player and one of the best, if not the best, Defensive player in the NFL. Probably I mean, their best player. Well, that's Derek, what I mean. He was not great last year, but two years ago, I would argue was he was a better player because the position was more valuable. But I digress. I would argue I would argue that they may have won more games last year with Khalil Mack at quarterback. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just kidding. I love Derek <laughs> wow. Carr. But I will say <laughs> this. Year last year. <laughs> I will say this. Like, what message, and you tweeted this, but what message does yeah. that send the rest of your team? Man, that we terrible. draft you high. Oh. You not only meet expectations, you exceed them better, almost better than any player we've seen in the league. Like you are up there. You're on your way to being Lawrence Taylor status. Mm -hmm. And you're a great guy in the community. You never have problems. You come from an incredible college football conference. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Mac that conference. That's why they traded him. And we was, don't reward you with a big contract? <laughs> like what else can that guy yeah. do right? He gets traded? Is disrespectful, man. That's what I mean. This is Two. the precedent that's being set by these organizations is that guys come in, they break records, they do things that we've never seen done, and they're still not getting contracts. I don't like it. It's not going to bode well. Two, count them, two terrible messages that the Raiders have just sent to their locker room. One, if we draft you and you do everything we ask and you exceed all of our expectations, we are not going to reward you. Mm. And the second one, almost as bad as, the Raiders are telling their team that they don't think that they are contenders right now, that they're playing for some years down the line because we are not keeping the guys that are going to help our team win today. Yep. I mean, what other type of message could you be sending your team when you send your best player to a different franchise for it future makes, draft picks? That's how I knew that not the Browns were going to struggle when they got rid of, when they sent me to the Patriots. I'm like, <laughs> are you really going to, are you really going to do this? Relief? Like asked to get released, <laughs> and they would have cut your ass anyway. <laughs> they were gonna send me packing no matter what. Yeah, right, there was look. no two first round picks for Hawkins. I got two first round picks in the in the Tomahawk fantasy draft. They said they'll give me two first round picks. <laughs> no, I agree with the Khalil Maxim. I think Gruden. I tweeted this out too, but I think Gruden 
and it's just kind of his mo. He doesn't quite commit to players. That's just not his thing. He doesn't because he, he doesn't want. Like I think, and it's just my opinion. You can call it what you want to, right, wrong, or indifferent. I think he likes to reserve the ability to say if things go bad that we're still building. We're still trying to find. Now, when the defense is bad, now it's not going to be a surprise, right? Like, we're not surprised yeah, now when the defense point. is bad. It's not coaching. It's that we don't have the middle linebacker. We don't have the players. And we're working to get the players. And what mm-hmm. that does is it buys you more time. If Khalil yep. Mack is anchoring your defense mm-hmm. and you've paid him um, quarterback money, $23, 24000000 million a year, whatever he got for Chicago, then that tells you, like, oh, okay, we have the right guy in place. So then when if you start playing bad, they're not going to point to the guy making $24 million, making defensive player of the years, Pro Bowls, anchor. They're going to point to the coach. So I feel like coaches sometimes in this situation specifically try to avoid that and say, okay, well, if all things are equal, we'll just go a different direction. And now we have nobody on our defense. We got rid of arguably the best defensive player in the game, and it just makes zero sense to me. Lance, your take? I, I mean, if, if that is the case – then John Gruden is reverting back to John Gruden, the coach from 10, 15 years ago. I mean, this guy just signed a 10-year, $100 million deal. So, you, I mean, if you're talking about <laughs> buying time, this guy has plenty of time. He's got 100 million reasons why he should put the best possible product on the field. Mm-hmm. And I just – I think that it's unfortunate that they couldn't find a way to sign him because they've signed everybody else. Everybody else has got – Amari Cooper is the only one that hasn't gotten paid yet. They pay that entire offensive line. Obviously, we know the deal that Derek Carr got. I, I mean, I just if if you value this guy that much, you don't trade him. I don't care how many first round picks you get. I don't care how good you think you're going to be in the future. Because what are the chances that they're going to draft another Khalil Mack? Do we think that the move to Las Vegas had any impact on this trade happening? Like, are they saying, okay, these last couple years in Oakland, we're just going to tank? And we're going to save up draft picks and money and we're going to build for that first year that we go to Vegas. I mean, maybe, but it's like, even then you're banking on the fact you're going to draft. Well, call a spade a spade. John Gruden hasn't drafted well as a head coach. So there's that on top of that. What is the point of drafting? Well, when you have a player that no one in the draft is better than, you know, like, Aaron Donald, you pay that guy because it doesn't matter how many picks you get. None of them will be as good as him. They won't have the impact he has. You have that guy in the building. You have Khalil Mack in the building. The chances of you drafting somebody better than Khalil Mack, I don't give a damn if you had Not three first-rounders. It ain't going to happen. Nope. You know what I'm saying? So no, right. that just doesn't make sense. I, I don't get it. Maybe it's – would he have been the one – he would have been the guy with the contract bigger than John Gruden. There is something to be said that you have more control if you're the one who makes the most money. Uh, imagine how much pressure these guys are going to feel on those two first-round picks. Because those are the guys that are always going to be compared to Khalil Mack, right? Yeah. These were the guys we got in the Khalil Mack trade, right? Yep. We're in Cleveland. Yeah. We've seen that a million times. Right. Can you imagine if they're two busts? Or what happens if even one of the two are a bust? One's a good player and the other guy's a bust. Forever and ever, he's going to be known as the guy that we got rid of or we got as we got rid of Julio Mack. Yeah, I mean, it's like, the, it's like when they almost traded away Joe Thomas. Yeah, right. They the GM done was like, you know they what? Were, um, Say what you want about me. I'm not going to be known as the guy who traded away Joe Thomas from the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> that's not what my leg. That's Gruden's going to – that's going to be Gruden's legacy. That's how he kicked off his head coaching tenure is the guy who traded away the best player yeah, you're in right, defensive man. football. 
and if if he doesn't win a Super Bowl in five years, that's what people are going to remember him by, yep. right? I mean, when, people are probably going to forget when he doesn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, mm. there you go. Hot take. Yeah. You're <laughs> guaranteeing hot. right now Gruden won't win a Super Bowl. In five uh, years? Yes. I'm not betting against that. He's not going to win a Super Bowl. I will guarantee that he's not winning a Super Bowl in five years. Which is wild. Not happening. Hmm. If, well, you anyways, are, if you are in your first season there and you're already making as foolish a decision as trading yeah. Glow Mac, I mean, what do you think he's going to be doing going forward? And that a good we, trajectory. If we ride with your theory that John Gruden is going to not attach himself to those type of players, who knows? Amari Cooper could be next. Yeah. Yeah, you know who's not, who's showing their contenders and they want to win right away? The L.A. Rams. Mm. For as much money as they're spending. You know they tried to trade for Khalil Mack? I know. I I heard that. I mean, I don't know how serious they were. Like, hey, we'll give you a six-round pick. (laughs) No, they they were going to throw the farm. Like a 2025 first rounder? They got nothing (laughs) left. But no, I I like what they're doing. I think that it's awesome, man. I think what they see, they realize they got a, a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. They've got a generational player in Aaron Donald. They've got all these good pieces on offense. They got Todd Gurley. They got a really good defense. They just picked up Dominican Sue. They're like, man, this is our window right now. So let's let's throw everything we got at it. Might as well try to trade for Khalil Mack. Yeah. Let's win a Super Bowl. Can you imagine if they win a Super Bowl in LA? How cool will that be for that? That would be super cool, man. I mean, I don't think anybody would show up. People in LA wouldn't even know that (laughs) the Super Bowl was being played and the Rams were in it. I'm sorry. uh, All right. Well, tell me this. What about Aaron Donald's contract? We talked. It's funny because we talked about him and he got paid the very next day. He got the tomahawk blessing that so many others have gotten so far. That's all they were waiting for. Exactly. It happens every single time. All right, what are the teams? Who, who do you have winning the, the NFC this year? Well, I here, got the Saints. Let, and it's let, not... Let's go real quick to the Aaron Donald deal. Okay. So he got 22.5 million average, and then Khalil uh, got 23.5. So Khalil got an extra million per year, which, you know, to me, that's a lot of money. Now, I guess when you're up into the 20 millions, it's not a lot of money. But yeah. um, are, if, if you are Aaron Donald, are you feeling a little crappy about yourself right now like the day he signed it he was feeling really good but then all of a sudden Khalil passes him like a week later or less yeah it was very short-lived yeah it was very short-lived I mean when you sign when you sign the most recent you're going to make the most money so it's not that but it's just that the headlines were he was the highest paid defensive player ever and it literally lasted like 32 hours and he like smashed it like it wasn't like he beat the record by a million per year he beat it by like five million a year like it was Thing, the way he smashed it and truly let me ask you guys this if you could only take one of those two guys on your team who would it be uh, Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack I know who I, I would take I'm going Aaron Donald Lance I'm going Aaron Donald man just because I I've seen firsthand the kind of fear he puts in old lineman's heart and mm, my heart not to say Khalil <laughs> not to say Khalil Mack doesn't do that same thing but it's just something about Aaron, man. He's just doing special, special, special things that we've never seen done before. And I said it before, but I think when it's all said and done, he's going to be regarded as the best defensive tackle in NFL history. Lance? I mean, I, I think that uh, conventional wisdom would tell you the outside pass rusher, but I, I agree with Hawk. I mean, I, th- I think that Aaron Donald, the things that he does in the middle – I mean, there are things that you really can't prepare for. I mean, as, as a coordinator, as a quarterback – um, 
you know, he's, it's almost seems sometimes like he's jumping snap counts out, how quickly he gets into the backfield and disrupts the run disrupts the pass. He's getting sacks obviously. Um, and he's getting double and triple teamed and he's still able to beat those and make plays. Whereas somebody like Khalil Mack, I think you can game plan a little bit better for him. Now that's not saying, I'm not saying that Aaron Donald is a much better player. I think he might be a little better player, but but I just think it's easier to scheme against an outside pass rusher than it is a guy that's that's right there in the middle, right in front of the quarterback. Well, that's three for three because uh, I'm going to save us the time and not reiterate exactly what Lance said because I completely agree with everything he just said. <laughs> I would take Aaron Donald. He's a little bit of a better player, and it's you can't you can't scheme against an inside guy. He's just too dominant, and I think he'll go down when he retires as the greatest defensive tackle in NFL history. Anyways, moving on. What do we got next, Hawk? Jalen Ramsey. That's what we got on the list, man. Did you guys, did you guys listen to this uh, GQ article that Jalen Ramsey went off and just like basically trashed everybody in the NFL? I did. I had mixed emotions about it, but all in all, I felt like it was necessary. Because really? if you look at the recent like landscape of corners in the NFL or guys that you say is the best corner, ever since, what, Darrell Revis? Any corner after that pretty much that has gotten any press, gotten any respect, gotten any endorsement deals, been on any commercials, uh, been on any panels, been on any TV shows, are the guys who were talkative. I mean, Dion started it way back in the day, but it's almost, it's the squeaky wheel gets the oil theory, man. It's, unless I yell from the mountaintops, I'm the best, no one will consider me the best. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like every time someone does it, if they have the play to back it up, People give him the crown, man. So I think that's what Jalen is. Jalen is like, yo, like for me to get to where I want to be, which is Richard Sherman level, which is Josh Norman level, where these guys are making almost just as much off the field as they are on. He's like, I got to get vocal. I'm in Jacksonville. That ain't a that ain't a sexy market whatsoever. Ain't nobody mm-hmm. dropping endorsement deals off in Jacksonville. So I'm all for it, man. If he can back it up. I'll give him the crown because he's putting a bullseye on himself for sure. Mm -hmm. So if you put that kind of attention to yourself and then you actually stand up to it, my hat's off to you. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, I took notice. I mean, I knew who Jalen Ramsey was, but I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched a lot of his film, so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have put him in my top three or four for cornerbacks. But all of a sudden, a guy starts making these proclamations and starts talking trash about these premium guys. And I'm like, okay. Okay, yeah. he wants to talk the talk. He better be ready to back it up. So now I'm going to watch him a little closer. And now I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's probably a really good player because he's getting away with this. Guys are letting him get away with talking like this. That's what I mean. Someone got to shut him up. If they right. don't like so, it, they got to right. shut him up. Otherwise, so, give the man the crown. Put up or shut up. And, hey, so, Lance, do you think does this add a little bit more intrigue for you watching Jalen Ramsey on Sunday. Now, you're going to be sitting back in your chair and a half on Sunday, flipping through all these NFL games. Are you going to make sure you're watching that Jaguars game? And are you going to tune in to the matchup with Jalen Ramsey? I think they play the Giants. So I think it'll be OBJ and uh, Jalen. Does this add a little bit of more scrutiny from you? I, I wouldn't say so. I mean, because a lot of what he was saying, I, I agree with. Oh. Um, I, but I, I also kind of think he gives himself a soft out as far as not calling out the top tier quarterbacks, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's easy for a guy that's a pretty good player to call out guys that suck, right? Mm-hmm. Or aren't very good. Right. Um, but if you're if you're the top tier 
corner that you say you are. That's why Joe's always calling me out. <laughs> you're you're a you're a it's super safe bet. You're a super millennial, <laughs> like sure. he is, who likes who likes the spotlight. It's it's a different day and age. So the players, personality wise, are different. Um, he's a confident guy. I mean, I I want to watch him play, and I want to watch him shut down whoever the best receiver is. So he's going to be probably match up with Odell a bunch this weekend. Um, I want to see him go at those guys. And I want to see him, if he's that good, talk bad about the other quarterbacks. Tell him you're not going to complete passes on me. It's easy to talk down on quarterbacks that aren't the top tier guys. It's easy for somebody to say, well, this guy stinks. If it's true, it's, yeah. not, it's not making his job any harder. Now, maybe true. when he plays those quarterbacks, the quarterbacks will try to do a little something extra to kind of stick it to him a little bit. But Jalen Ramsey isn't thinking about a lot of those guys that he talked about. He was asked a question. He was, well, he was lobbed a question, and he slam dunked that thing on the alley-oop. And, I mean, it's we're, yeah. we're talking about it, and people continue to talk about it, and people will keep talking about it up until he plays those guys, and everybody's going to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I think you're right. I didn't think about it that way because he was talking a lot of trash on guys, and there was some middle-of-the-pack guys there. But you're right. I, would, I want him to get to the point where he's like, yo, Tom Brady is nice, but he's not – He's not completing any touchdowns on me. It's not happening. Yep. Or, yeah, because he, he had respect for DeAndre Hopkins. I want to hear him say, like, yo, DeAndre Hopkins. I lock he, he has good respect, but he's not – no, he's getting shut down when he plays Jalen Ramsey. Because yeah. that's, that's the point. kind of stuff that Richard Sherman was doing. Yep. That's good Richard point. Sherman, I remember a rookie year we were playing in Seattle, and this was Richard Sherman's first start ever. We had no idea who he was. Actually, mm-hmm. we did because a receiver on our team, um, Ryan Whalen, went to school with Stanford. And one was a six-round pick, one was a seven-round pick, Richard Sherman was. And so he was starting that week for the first time, and he was coming out like, I'm going to lock A.J. Green up, A.J. Green. And we were like, yo, who the hell is this clown uh-huh. talking crazy? Like, yo, A.J., get out. And I think A.J. might have scored on him, but it was a pretty, like, even matchup. It was, like, yo, that, it was a fluke. He got lucky that game. And, well, mm-hmm. lo and behold, it was Richard Sherman, man. But mm-hmm. that's what you respect. You want a guy that's going to talk head to the, to the top guy and then back it up. All right, let's uh, let's pivot. Uh, NFD, why don't you get us some rapid fire NFL season predictions? Let, let's talk about the season looking forward. All right, who do you guys have coming out of the AFC this year? Mm, it's gonna be a shocker. I'll start it off, Joe. I'm gonna go with the Patriots. Okay. Shocker. I feel like Tom Brady after a Super Bowl loss, man, he's probably at his best. Who else are you gonna at pick? least? At least we have you on record before the season this year. <laughs> oh, Last whatever. year, when we, started, when we started the Tomahawk show, it's January. It's the first, you know, it's the week before the Super Bowl. You're like, I'm on record. I picked the Patriots beginning of the year. There was no record. I, you were not on record. It was. Now I signed there in May. You think I would sign there and not think I'm going to the Super Bowl? Come on. Right. Who you All got, right, Joe? Uh, I got the Patriots too, man. I mean, how do you pick them? <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, I, I don't like the Patriots. I like to cheer against them. To me, they're like the Yankees. I, I love cheering against them. But, I mean, they're really good. And as long as Tom Brady's there, they're going to be – the team that should come out of the AFC. Yeah. Vance, what do you like? Well, I mean, I, I worry a little bit about Tom Brady's targets. Um, not so sure that the receiving core is Super Bowl, Super Bowl caliber. Uh, obviously, yeah, as, long, talk left. As, as, long as, as long as Gronk is there, they have a chance. I, I definitely think they're going to be in it in the end. But for the last three years, I've chosen the Pittsburgh Steelers. And as dramatic as things are right now, I think that they realize that their time is right now and they have what it takes. If any team has what it takes to beat the Patriots, I think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
and I'm going on record with the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm, okay. Oh, wow. What, what a bad answer. take. Patrick Mahomes. Interesting. What a terrible take, NFD. You can put yeah, that on record, too. I would, I would Why is that a against take? that one? Mahomes, that's who you're going with is going to be the AFC champ? I'm a Kareem Hunt fan. Uh, I can't. Hey, I got to respect that. Toledo. I got to respect that. He's a fan that. of the show. He's been on the show. All right, here we go. NFC, who are we picking? NFC. I'm going to go with the Saints, and it's not just because oh, Lance fuck, is here. I just wrote the Saints down. Look at that. Oh, gosh. That's, Joe, we're like right, one. Are, we, we are the Tomahawk show. It's we are the moment. There's a reason we are sitting in the bathtub of goo on, on our T-shirt. That's exactly by GD Art. You can find it on their website. There it is. Do I, do I even need to chime in, or should I just jump on in the tub yeah. with you guys? We'll, right we'll assume you're going to be of Saints. Of course, he's going to say the Saints. He's a Hall of Famer for you know what? I, I, you know what? The, I think the sexy pick for everybody is Minnesota. Kirk Cousins yeah. is going to bring this no. you know, the Super Bowl to Minnesota and put this nope. team over the top when, you know, last nope. year they struggled in Philly. I, I think that the, the Saints team matches up well with both Philadelphia and Minnesota. Um, I just, I just think that they realize that the same as the Steelers, their time is right now and they've got to go and take care of business early. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I think this is as far as parity goes in the NFL. I think this is the first time in a long time that I think in the NFC, there's been as many good teams as there are. I don't know. I mean, especially watching some of the game. Uh, last night I don't know that the Eagles are the great team obviously you know when Carson Wentz comes back that's gonna probably change some things and and you know make them a better team and and I just I just don't know that anybody has what the Saints have and and I think that they're you know ready to to take take care of business this year you talked about parity but all three of you picked New England versus New Orleans Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah so here uh, comes NFD with the bat. If he has the Chiefs winning in the <laughs> NFC, I can't imagine who he has winning the uh, AFC. Yeah. All right. Who you got? Green Bay Packers. Okay. I'm bored. Yeah. No comments. I'm bored already. It's, yeah, it's yeah, bored with? the best quarterback in the game. I thought exactly. you were going to come with a hot take there. No. I mean, I, his AFC. And I got the, and I got them. And I got them winning the Super Bowl too. Okay. So Green Bay over Shocker. Kansas City. Over Kansas City. Pull? Hawks obviously saying uh, the Patriots. I'm going to go pa- Patriots. I got the Patriots yeah. winning the Super Bowl. I got Bowl. the Saints winning it. I'm going to say New Orleans over Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I play for both teams right. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not like you kind of, but no. Like, see, me, I was equal between Cincinnati and, and Cleveland. So I like equally identify with both because it was the same years you were there for like a year as opposed to hall of fame career with the saints so it's not even close but what about your right. patriots career i mean don't you identify more now well i'm a patriot former patriot two? number one but i'm right. saying i like the other two teams too obviously the patriots was <laughs> where the bulk of my career was uh what else we got in fd <laughs> all right all right keep league this mvp going. league mvp drew Brees. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. About time. I want to say Tom Brady because it's such an easy pick, but he's. I'm really shocked good. you didn't pick the Patriots for the NFC champion, by the way. <laughs> Patriots versus the Patriots. Inner squad <laughs> scrimmage for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm going with Tom Brady, MVP. Joe, who you got? Uh, I got Drew Brees. I like what Lance is uh, putting okay. down there. Uh, 
honestly, I think they're they're really situated well because they've got a defense that's finally playing well. They got a good running game. Drew Brees has always been good, but they've got like this core group of guys that have been together for a couple of years, and they haven't had that for a while. They've got the same coordinators. They haven't had that for a while. They've had a lot of turnover and turmoil. And now, finally, after you know the heartbreak that they had last year, I feel like they're really motivated to take that next step. And I just think that they're just well situated to uh, win the Super Bowl. I can't argue it. All right. What else we got, NFT? And I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. Who do you guys got for defensive player of the year? DPOY. Khalil Mack. Aaron Donald. Joe? Aaron Donald for me. Yeah. I think it's going to be Miles tough. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. I like it. Miles Garrett. He mm. could be. But the problem is, like, to be the defensive player of the year, typically you have to be on like one of the teams that's getting a lot of publicity every week. You got to mm-hmm. be in those Monday night games, those uh, Sunday night games. You got to be the primetime game, and the Browns don't have a lot of that right now. Now, it could change towards the end of the year if they're playing really well. But uh, because it is an award that's voted on by the writers, it's usually the teams that are on that national game every week. If the Browns are winning double-digit games this year, he'll be a big reason why, and he'll be getting a lot of attention. I'll give it to you. All right. Yeah, uh, respect. That's cool. That's, a, Rookie of that's the year. a pretty big if, though. It's a huge if. <laughs> I mean, but we're all on board. We this, let it slide. Podcast, we let it slide. Okay, okay. Just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, let's not forget. Now, I was a Cleveland Brown before you, you were a were Brown. Oh, You're yeah. a Cleveland Brown, like I'm a New I'm England the Patriot. original Cleveland Brown on this Tomahawk podcast today. Oh, you really are. <laughs> that is a hot take. Wow. All right, let's go hot takes. And what is your hottest take for the 2018 season? Um, my hottest take is Jason Garrett will not make it out of the season as the head coach. Hmm, interesting. My hot take is that the Vikings are going to be below 500. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a believer in the Vikings. I I think they've had a good defense but I feel like cracks are going to start to show. And I just don't think the defense will be able to carry him. And I've just not been a Kirk Cousins believer. I think yeah. he's kind of been overrated. I, I think I would, <laughs> here's I would the part like where we can rewind back to you begging Kirk Cousins to come to the Browns in the yeah. early days yeah, of the yeah, Tomahawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We forgot about that one. <laughs> but but I, get, I digress here. So uh, I've not been the biggest Kirk Cousins believer. And I think him going to the Vikings – it was too much of a reach for them to pay him the money that they did to put him in there and make him the face of the offense and be the guy that's going to be uh, the one that leads them to the promised land. I think that's too much pressure. I feel like the situation that Kirk does best in was that sort of backs against the wall, chip on his shoulder, little guy syndrome type situation that he had in Washington where they didn't want to pay him and he was going to have to basically fight his way out of there. But now that he's been kind of anointed, I just don't think that's a good situation for him. And uh, I'm just not, I'm not a believer in what the Vikings are selling right now. I'm with you. I like that take. I don't think the Vikings are going to be good this year. I think they're going to be okay just because of the defense that they have. I mean, that's, that's just my opinion, but yeah. people are uh, picking them to win the Super Bowl and stuff though. That's what I'm saying. I think they're going to be at seven and nine. That's what I, I got them right at seven and nine. Playing a tough division. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting with Green Bay, Detroit. Who knows what they're going to be with with Matt Patricia being the head coach, Matt Stafford, 
uh, praying for a running game, which he hasn't had in several years there. I mean, they've had what they've had one 100 yard rusher, which was Reggie Bush in like the last five seasons or something like that in one game. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. Uh, but I'll give you mine. Um, and I'm going to say, obviously, with the drama that's going on, it might seem far fetched and he's probably not going to play this weekend. But Le'Veon Bell mm. is going to lead the league in total offense. Wow, mm. that's a hot, that take. a hot take. I'd bet against that. In 15 games. Any other year, that's not a hot take. Mm-hmm. No, but this that. year. Drop it like I don't even hot. know when the dude's going to show up. <laughs> Hopefully Saturday so we can play. <laughs> <next>. <laughs> yeah. My hot take, it's not as hot anymore because of last week's trade, but the Chicago Bears will make the playoffs this year. I would have predicted that before the Khalil Mack mm-hmm. trade. Uh, that just makes me feel more confident. I'm a big fan of their quarterback. Mm-hmm. A lot of nepotism. Yeah, he's gonna take a big step in year two with a new 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 coach there. Yeah, big things are coming for him. So what's going on with Mitchell Trubisky? Didn't he delete his like social media pages and stuff because he wanted to focus on the playbook? I believe so. so I don't know if he deleted it. He just doesn't oh, spend much time on so, it. He took Carl Nassib's advice and doesn't spend two like months on yeah. social media addiction. So, well, I, what I, what I want to know then is, does that say something about his ability to learn the playbook? That he can't have Twitter and learn the playbook? So that that's what I would really like to know. We should get to the bottom of this. We should. Let's get him on next show. There we go. I, there I we feel go. Like, He'll come on after Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I feel like we, we need to wait about seven years before we have Mitchell on the podcast before he <laughs> actually answer any of our questions. He, he needs to, I think, loosen up a little bit in the media. He's, field. Young. He's not ready for it. He needs to get that $30 million a year contract before we start hearing who the real Mitchell Trubisky is. I agree. He's too reserved. Too many media people in his family holding it back. That's a problem. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, let's do some picks. Now we got to do our picks. And we're going to keep track all year, and we're going to crown a winner at the end of the season, and we'll determine what the losers have to do and what the winner gets mm-hmm. here on the Tomahawk Show. Yeah. We're going to go game by game. Everybody just go around and give the team you have winning. First game, obviously, is not going to count. Falcons versus the Eagles. Eagles won 18 to 12. We'll discuss that maybe later. We'll do it right after we do our top 100 countdown discussion. Let's get right into the game. We got the Bengals. I got the Eagles in that first one. <laughs> I the Eagles. Bengals versus the Colts. I have the Bengals. Who do you got, Joe? Uh, I like the Bengals. The, the Colts, I think, even though Andrew Luck is back, they, they just have had too much adversity, and Andrew Luck's been out for too long to be able to have him just rally the team and, and beat the Bengals right off the jump. I think Andy Dalton's going to have a big year. Lance, who you got? Bengals. Bengals. I, agree with, I agree with Joe. NFD, who you got? Colts. Colts. Next, we got the Bills versus the Ravens. I'm going Ravens. I'm going Ravens. Ravens. I got the Bills. Who got the Bills? I got the Bills. I got, I don't I think the Ravens the are another team full full of uh phonies, man. I just don't think they're gonna be very good this year. Yeah. Have you heard talk about Nathan Peterman before? <laughs> Damn. Nathan Peterman is projected <laughs> based on his last first start. He's projected if he plays the full game to have to throw 10 interceptions. But <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to do, Joe, it's up to you. We'll move on to the next game. We got the Buccaneers versus the Saints. I'm going Saints. Joe, who you got? Saints. 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 All right. Saints around the board. Texans versus the Patriots. I'm going Patriots. But this is a, a harder decision Shocker. than I thought. Patriots. 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 Yeah. Clean sweep. If, if it was later in the season, I like Deshaun Watson. But 49ers versus the Vikings. I'm going Niners. I got the Niners. Vikings. Vikings. Mm, good, good okay. 
Split there. Titans versus the Dolphins. I have the Titans. I like the Titans. Titans. Miami. Mm. Mm. NFD, man. Mm. You're either going to win big or win bad. Mm. Jaguars versus the New York Giants. I'm going Jags. I like the Giants. Jags. Jags. Mm. Okay. Steelers versus the Browns. We'll start with you, Lance. Who you got? Steelers. Oh, screw mm. off. Steelers. I got the Browns. Jogger. The Squealers. I got the Browns, baby. I think they're going to do it, man. They uh, are. They have not won an opening day since, like, Lance Moore was on the team in the 80s. <laughs> and I think they're due. I think the turmoil with Le'Veon Bell and I think the way the Browns have been ascending with their new staff with the offseason. Toughness he brought that I saw in Hard Knocks. I, just, <laughs> like, I think they're going to win, man. NFD, who you got? I'm going Browns, and you're going to find me at one of those victory fridges oh. pouring Bud Lights down my face. Yeah, shout out to the victory fridges. Hey, the, okay, quick sidebar on the victory fridge. I know I got my own beer, 73 beer from Great Lakes Brewing that's uh, out on store shelves right now in the Cleveland area. This is the podcast where we give all free ads, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> With shameless plug after shameless but, plug. But, you would but, think but, we're making a billion dollars. We're just shouting out <laughs> random companies. Lance <laughs> shouted out Restoration Hardware earlier. There's no connection to Restoration There's Hardware. There's no connection with Restoration Hardware. That my butt like... is connected to it in my house when I sit down. <laughs> so Bud Light is sending me a victory fridge today to Wisconsin because I told them that I wasn't going to be able to be in Cleveland this weekend for the opener because my wife's having a baby. And uh, so they sent one right to my house. So if if and when the Browns win that first game, you and me, NFT, are going to be pouring Bud Lights all over our bodies. We're going to take a Bud Light bath. And I'm nope. going to put it on Twitter. You got it wrong, Joe. But I'm going to be in Wisconsin. You, NFD, and myself, because Bud Light is also sending a fridge to my house no. in Los Angeles. Are you kidding me? But when the Browns win, <laughs> I get to unlock the fridge and take a Bud Light to the neck. So there you go. We all got the Browns. Unless Le'Veon Bell plays, then mm, you might have to revisit. All right. Lance, are they sending you a victory fridge too? Uh, I, I didn't pick the Browns there or not. You're the first Brown on this podcast right now. All right. Next game, we got the Chiefs versus the Chargers. I got the Chargers winning. Dude, I got the Chargers too, man. Chargers. Kansas City. Kansas City. You got the, I think the Chargers the Super Bowl. Real sidebar. I think going to the Super Bowl. The Chargers are going to be one of the upset teams of the year. I think they're going to be – sneakily good this year philip rivers still throwing touchdowns back there uh i like the chargers all year i feel like philip rivers is kind of fighting for his legacy because people don't he like is. he's really good but no one's like as time goes on and he doesn't win anything yeah never put him in the conversation anymore. he's been forgotten he's been out, stuck out there in san diego and now being the other team in la yeah he had some really good teams early on when north turner was there and uh marty schottenheimer back when they were winning like 14 games but they would always lose in the playoffs so his legacy was always as like the second tier quarterback so he man if, if he wins a super bowl he'll go to the hall of fame and if he doesn't he will get yep. no consideration for the hall of fame which is That's wild to think about yeah, All right, next game, we got the Dallas Cowboys versus the Carolina Panthers. I'm going Panthers. Panthers. Where is the game? Uh, oh, listen to in this. Carolina. In Carolina. All of a sudden, he cares where the game is? I mean, yeah, I feel like Dallas is a team that playing at home opening day, I, I think they would have won. But playing in Carolina, I just mm. I don't okay. see it. All right. Carolina. Okay. Cam, also my dark horse for MVP this year. I think he's going to have a bounce back. You think he's going right, to Redskins new hats. at that, that is the not hot take of the day. <laughs> the 
the not hot take of the day. We got the <laughs> Redskins. Have a whole new wardrobe of new hats. <laughs> <laughs> Redskins at Arizona. I'm actually going to go Redskins here. I get Arizona. 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 Yeah, I like AZ. Lance, Arizona. Where's your headset? Oh, I don't, okay. Alex Smith. No faith in Alex Smith. I see how you guys are playing it. We got Seattle at Denver. I'm going to go Seattle. I like Seattle. Seattle. Denver. Mm. Okay, we got Chicago at Green Bay. I think Green Bay wins by 37 points. <laughs> I like Green I, Bay. I will take that. <laughs> I like Green Bay. Green Bay. Who you got, I'm Dan? The, I'm taking the Bears. The Bears. Even though I predicted the Packers win the Super Bowl. The Bears. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. surprised you didn't go Bears versus the, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. The, he doesn't get invited to Thanksgiving. Bears, Bears Browns. Picks Green Bay. I almost went Bears Browns. Bears Super Browns Bowl. Super Bowl. All right, we got the New York Jets versus the Detroit Lions. I'm going Lions. 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 Monday Night Football, right? Yep, Monday Night Football. Yep, Lions. In the other one, we got Gruden versus the LA Rams. It's in Oakland. Rams. 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 Yeah, I got Rams too. All right, those are our picks. We'll put a cool graphic together on a Microsoft Paint, and we'll share that on social. We need to get Hawk. We need to get Zerm and uh, No Face Nat, Fat Nat, on uh, to pick all two. Put them up there. Yeah. All right. We have a Slack channel on Tomahawk Slack. Um, Tweet us. We might pick you to join the Slack one day. Let's put you in the Slack one day. Let's see how the magic happens. And then, uh, but yeah, we'll get we'll get Zerm and No Face Nat and never scored a TD. We'll get them all on record, giving oh, yeah, their teams. I forgot about never scored. Yeah, don't forget about never scored a TV. TD. Um, all right, I think we need to get to some Q&A here. NFD, what we got? First question comes from Cody Hanshaw. Who's going to have the first overall pick next year? Mm, I'm going to answer that, and I'm going to say the Miami Dolphins are going to have the first overall pick. I think oh, they wow. stink. <laughs> you think they stink? I think they stink. Tannehill <laughs> is just okay, but then he doesn't have many weapons at all. They should have never traded Jay Ajayi away. Um, also, their decision to keep Cutler as a starter last year makes me feel like the coach doesn't make great decisions. And, yeah, I don't think they're going to be very good. You know who I think is going to have the number one pick is Tampa. Mm. I honestly think right now that it's starting to unravel a little bit there, and all it's going to take is a few losses this season, especially with the uh, Jameis already being suspended. And yeah. I think there's a lot of questions swirling around that head coach and all those guys in that roster. And I think just a few losses early on and then in the middle of the season, and that thing's going to unravel, and it's going to turn into a, a snowball in hell, man. It's going to melt, and they're going to be the worst team in the NFL. You say a snowball in hell? That's going to melt. Jeez, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Lance? Uh, I mean, I, I I was thinking Tampa, but just for conversation's sake, I'm going to go with the Washington Redskins. Oh, wow, mm. with Alex Smith. So you think know. Alex Smith is going to get hurt? I, th- I mean, I think he's I think he's a you know a great game manager, and, and last year he proved that he could throw the ball down the field, but there's no Travis Kelsey here. there. Jordan Reed misses more games than he plays in. Um, Adrian Peterson is going to be his lead back, which – I think if he has a single great game this year, it's going to make everybody think that he's back. I just don't know that longevity is on his side in a 16-game season. Um, I mean, and, and other than Jordan Reed, who is he throwing the ball to? Yeah, I just oh, don't. Buck's coming back, right? That was what I heard. So Alex Smith, <laughs> his, his win-loss record over the last 
seven years, nine and six, 11 and four, 11 and five, eight and seven, 11 and four, six and two, 13 and three. Pretty solid. He, he's like, he just, he's good enough to never like uh-huh. really be too bad. Like he'll, you'll never, I don't feel like with Alex Smith, you're not, you're a little too yeah. good to get the first pick. You, you won't you win anything. All over. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. To but, get the first pick, you got to turn the ball over a lot, and I don't. You think got to. You got to be really bad. We'll see. All right, our next question comes from at Hankura. What is your best opening game memory? Opening game memory. I, I remember. So for me, it actually was playing on nine eleven. Um, I think it was the tenth anniversary, if I'm correct, was opening day, and that uh, was that was a special moment. Just. I don't even remember who we were playing or anything around the situation, but um, just kind of everything surrounding the pageantry and and the thoughts that were going through my head that day and watching the news the night before watching some of the documentaries in the hotel room as I was drifting off to sleep, dreaming about the game the next day and, and, and remembering all those feelings that came back uh, on that day that those airplanes went into the towers. Um, that was um, very emotional, and I think a lot of that emotion for me carried over on the game day. You know what? I mean, when you ask that question, it makes me realize that I've never won an opening game in my career. <laughs> Neither did Joe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're on the same page. Well, my first yeah. year, I was still in the practice squad. My six, second year, we lost like by like 40 on Monday Night Football, which was kind of my breakout game, so I could use that one. My third year, I was hurt. <laughs> when I got to the Browns, we lost to the Steelers at the end of the game. Then we got our butts beat by the Jets. Who do we play the first game in 2016? Does anybody remember? Philly, right? Yeah. Yep. Philly. It was Carson we Wentz's first too. game. Yep. So he I guess my, first memory, my, my best memory is seeing Carson Wentz begin his season. I got to to see the start of Carson Wentz. Here's a fun memory from that game. I don't know if you remember, but going into that game, the Browns defense was talking all sorts of shit about Carson Wentz and how they were going to take advantage of his uh, long (laughs) and slow delivery. Now, he didn't have a very good game, so it wasn't like he made them eat their words. But it's kind of funny thinking now, fast forward a couple years, and people are talking about him like he's (laughs) one of the best in the game. Yeah, that's all right. We'll get him next time. What else we got, NFD? That's it. Yeah, I think that I think we're good. We're good to wrap here. That's a, that sounds like a pretty good preview episode we did here on the Tomahawk Show, presented to you by at Uninterrupted. Listen, make sure you follow us on social at Tomahawk Show. Make sure you subscribe and rate five stars. Um, make sure you join the fantasy league. Check your emails because we're going to be reaching out to everybody to join the Tomahawk Fantasy League. And if you haven't yet, send us an email and let us know you're interested in joining. That's tomahawkshow at gmail.com. Lastly, go check out our social. We did a t-shirt collab with GB Artwork for the first official Tomahawk t-shirt. They are selling like wildfire. There has been 70,000 sold since we dropped them two days ago. We're only going to print 40,000 more. So make sure you go there and you buy them off of GBWeArtwork.com. And I think that does it for today. Any final thoughts, Joe? My final thoughts are that I think uh, Minnesota is going to be crappy this year, and so I'm going to be happy to cheer against them all season. And, yes. Uh, the Chargers are going to be really good. That, those are my two takeaways from this. I, I had fun, man. I tell you we, what. It's we can great cheer against the Vikings together. 
Yeah, it, it was great having Lance on. Him and I, we were we were uh, on the same wavelength mentally all day today with all of our picks and all of our uh, our hot takes. So we, we got to have him back on. Hopefully, you can invite him back out and you know he can stay on your couch like uh, good old days in Toledo. <laughs> he can bring his one and a half restoration hardware couch that he he must get a kickback one every time they sell one. Hardware sponsorship. He's been <laughs> he cut us in on some of that money you brought to the Tomahawk show. All right, well, I think that does it for today. NFD, take us out, baby. Joe, hawk yourself. <laughs>